Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Matthew Appleby and today I'm with ICL's Sam Rivers and Andrew Wilson and we're talking about vine weevils. Now since the withdrawal of Exemptor with its active ingredient theocloprid, hard one to say, in 2021, there's been fewer options for growers on the market to get rid of this destructive pest. So Sam, I just wanted to um, start off by asking you, what is vine weevil? Can you give us a bit of an introduction to it? Yeah, absolutely. And nice to nice to be on again with you, Matthew. And yeah, I think it's a very uh, important pest that we we need to talk about in the industry. So, uh, black vine weevil uh, is historically one of the most serious pests in ornamental plant production. Uh, vine weevils they belong to this super family of beetles known as uh, Curculionoidea. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Apologies if I've butchered that for any entomologists out there. So vine weevils, they feed on a wide variety of ornamental plants and it, it's the larval stage that's the most destructive uh, and gets all the bad press. Um, it feeds on the roots of the plant, which greatly reduce its growth. And if left uncontrolled, it eventually leads to plant death. Uh, why this pest is such a problem is because it can feed on a really wide variety of plants. Think plants such as yew, rhododendron, laurel, uh, lots of other broad-leaved evergreens, uh, strawberries, eucras, hostas. Uh, yeah, the list is endless, uh, and especially in ornamental horticulture, uh, where on a typical plant nursery, there can be a, a large variety of plants grown uh, and can be a real problem to control. And the larval stage alone is estimated to cause approximately 30 million pounds worth of losses annually in ornamental horticulture. Uh, that figure was taken uh, before some of the control options for the pest have been taken off the market too. So we expect to see that figure increasing. Uh, the, the new approach to control requires uh, much more planning uh, and an understanding of the life cycle of the pest, uh, which is something we're working on at ICL. Brilliant. Thanks, Sam. It certainly seems like uh, um, there is plenty of issues around this. So, Andrew, why, why do you think it's becoming more of a problem? Yeah, thank you, Matthew. 
Um, well, as Sam has said, that there is huge pressure from, from vine weevil and growers have traditionally been reliant on preventative plant protection products. And you mentioned the exemptor or the thiocloprid. Um, and that was you know, in, pre-incorporated into the growing media um, and it gave season long you know, control of vine weevil. Um, we've now got a step change where we need to look at integrated approaches um, and targeting specific parts of the life cycle, whether it be eggs or larvae. And obviously, if this isn't done properly, you can have gaps in your protection and then you can start to see, you know, vine weevil larvae um, appearing and getting damaged in, in, in the autumn and spring. So this is something we need to address. Um, and I think there's also been a move towards more perennial crops. Um, I mean, Sam gave a long list, but lots of them are perennials and they're very susceptible. And I think without the control, pe people are really seeing how big the pressure is from vine weevil. So Sam, can we delve a little bit deeper into this pest? What's its life cycle? It's quite a straightforward life cycle, but it does become a bit more complex. Typically what we see in, out, in an outdoor situation is adults will tend to emerge around April, May time, uh, but it might be earlier, it might be later, depending on the temperature. Last year, we saw a delayed emergence as April. I think it was frosty every single night, so it was very cold. Uh, but this year, we're actually seeing a slightly earlier emergence because uh, it's been slightly warmer this year. Um, there are numerous factors uh, which might explain that early emergence this year, such as the withdrawal of exemptor or firecloprid, um, as Andrew and yourself mentioned. Um, so once these adults emerge, uh, you might start to see irregular notches along leaf margins uh, on susceptible plants. This damage can sometimes be confused with a disease or chemical injury. Um, they're, they're pretty characteristic if you look up certain guides or get one of our ICL technical sales managers onto the site to help you identify that because uh, they can be quite a good early indicator of a vine with weevil population on your nursery. Um, adults will cut notches on the leaf margins only. They'll never make holes in the center of the leaf. Uh, the other thing to consider with, with adults is they're largely nocturnal and you might not notice them on host plants. You might only see the damage. Uh, if you're unsure they're present or not, uh, you can often go into your nursery early evening or at night and see the adults on the leaves. When disturbed, they will quickly drop to the ground. Um, and in the day, adults, they generally hide in dark places on the plants or, or on the growing media, uh, as it's quite a good shelter for them. Once they've been feeding for one to two weeks, uh, they'll start to crawl to the ground to lay eggs. Another important thing to know is that they cannot fly, uh, but they can move up to three miles within a season. When they're on the ground, they lay the eggs. They, they alternatively feed and lay eggs over several months. Um, most adult populations then die in the autumn. Um, and a single adult, uh, so they're, they're parthenogenic, so they don't need a mate to reproduce, which is why even if you have one on your nursery, it's really important to get some sort of control in place. Um, yeah, a single adult can lay up to 830 eggs per year. Uh, and the viability of those eggs is about 80%. So quite, quite a good success rate there. So once the eggs hatch, the, the larvae begin to seek out the roots within the growing media of the host plant. Really young larvae are very small and they can sometimes be missed. I think they're about one millimeter in size. Um, but as they begin to feed, they mature, they molt, they become larger and easier to identify. Uh, towards the autumn, the larvae begin to overwinter. Uh, as their life cycle is temperature dependent, uh, they'll be quite happy there over winter until the temperature rises again 
after which they begin to pupate and emerge as adults and the cycle starts all over again. Oh, yeah, some scary numbers there. So, uh, Andrew, is that the same for all situations? I think Sam's you know, given us quite a detailed overview of the life cycle and the, the classic life cycle. But obviously there are conditions, um, you know, when they can ca carry on their life cycles, and um, particularly in heated and protected structures. The temperatures are still warm enough for them to, to, to carry on their life cycle. So you can have multiple life cycles going on at the same time and it can make it more difficult to, to achieve control. And, and it's really important that you, you monitor the crops. Sam's mentioned the, the notching on the leaves, but also looking for grubs in pots and, and monitoring at night is really important in, in sort of heated and protected structures um, because it can quickly es escalate with multiple life cycles into a really bad in infestation. So you would need regular applications of, for example, nematodes to control such a, a pest. Now, Sam, I just want to talk about control options. So can you give me a way of controlling the vine weevil, please? Yeah, so the, the control of vine weevil has changed quite, quite drastically. Uh, most growers were very dependent on products such as Exemptor. Uh, it was growing media incorporated uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it lasted for 38 weeks at the full rate. So it was a very useful um, product to have. But since that's been withdrawn now, uh, there's been a slight gap in the market. Uh, at ICL, we've got a couple of products now which we can use to control uh, the life cycle stages of vine weevil. The first one I'll talk about is called uh, Pitcher GR. Uh, this is a new bio-rational pesticide, and this is for the suppression of the egg stage of vine weevil uh, and really early in-star in larvae, so those really small larvae like straight after they've hatched. Um, it's approved through an extension of authorization for minor use in containerized ornamental plants both protected and outdoors. Uh, now what it is, it's, it's garlic based. Uh, when I first heard this product was coming to market, I was very skeptical. Uh, I've used garlic products myself in the past with very mixed results. Um, and I, I know a lot of growers out there have had exactly the same feelings on this. Uh, but when I started to understand the product and what it can actually do, I was, I was a bit more, had a bit more confidence in it. So when you take garlic and you mechanically crush it, process it it releases these compounds these these compounds are called dialyl polysulfides and now some of these compounds are absolutely useless with regards to uh, pest control or disease control but then other parts of them are absolutely fantastic in in that kind of area well the company we're working with uh, have screened every single dialyl polysulfide when you crush and like mechanically produce garlic screened the most beneficial parts of it and they've purified it into this product so that's essentially what pitcher is how it works it's applied as a top dress it's on a granule carrier yeah, it's on di diacotomaceous surface the carrier for this product uh, you'd apply it as a top dress around the, around the plant uh, when a vine weevil egg or early instar larvae uh, encounters one of these dialyl polysulfide molecules, um, these, these polysulfides penetrate through the skin or the cuticle of the egg. Um, the, the rate of this kind of penetration is dependent on the sulfur chain length, um, but it dissolves through the skin, um, which leads to a cascade chain reaction uh, within the organism, which it can't regulate, um, which causes it to die 
due to overwhelming oxidative stress. Uh, this action is initiated following the bit of chemistry, uh, following a reaction with the intracellular low molecular weight files and protein files in the organism. Um, so the, the really beneficial thing for me here is that the oxidative stress affects a lot of cellular processes. So it's very unlikely resistance could ever evolve to the chemistry. So it's a really powerful product. It's, it's easy to apply uh, and it's targeting that egg stage of, of vine weevil, which we haven't had. So yeah, it's a really, really strong product to use. Wow, brilliant. Over, over, overwhelming oxidative stress. Crikey. <laughs> Excellent. Well, what about you, Andrew? Are there any other options? Yeah, I mean, Sam's clearly told us about the you know, control of the egg stage. Another option is using nematodes to control the larval stage. And nematodes are a natural solution and they're very effective at controlling vine weevil larval stages. Um, they need to be applied at the correct time, i.e. when the larvae are present in the growing media or the root zone. And that requires careful monitoring you know, and crop planning so that you put them on at the right time. Another key factor is temperature. And it's important you know, for the optimum control, ITL used two nematode species. So we have Seeker CT, which contains the beneficial um, nematode Steinonema krausei, which works at grow media temperatures between five degrees and 30 degrees. And we also have a second called Seeker, which contains Heterorhabditis bacteriophora, which works between 12 and 30 degrees. And a combination of these products, you know, depending on the temperature can be really good. But, you know, they're a natural product. They need to be handled properly. So it's, it's really important to get the best control that, that you apply them correctly and, and, and handle them in the correct manner. Now, there's a lot of technical info on, online and videos that we've done to, to, to really help you with this. Um, but, but nematodes give a really good control of larvae and will really stop the damage to, to plant roots. That sounds like a good solution. Now, just want to get into building an IPM plan. So, um, Andrew, again, how, how would you build that IPM plan? Yeah, I mean, planning is very important and, and you, you need, need to understand the susceptible plants. I mean, Sam, Sam gave us a big list, but often look at that so that you know the plants to monitor so you can see where the damage is going to be and it'll give you a picture of the overall situation on the nursery. Um, but I would always start with the existing stock that you've got. So particularly stock that you've carried over winter, you know, there's going to be some larvae present there. So you would consider an application of, say, Seeker CT early in the spring, you know, to control the larvae that are present, as long as the temperatures are over five, five degrees. Um, but obviously, most of it is going to be new stock. You're potting new stock. So I would always in inspect the young plants that you get in, check for larvae, and, and if necessary, treat them. Um, but work up, you know, work from your potting plan, look at when you're potting things, group the susceptible species together, pot them together, and then look at the life cycle of the crop. Now, you might consider using the pitcher early on to control the, the egg laying stages at the correct time, and then follow up later in the season with some nematodes to, to knock up any, any larvae that are, are still surviving in the growing media. And then you would probably do another application in, in the autumn to control over overwintering larvae. So it's, so it's a plan really to get a complete package so you don't get any gaps within it. And obviously we can help with these plans, but you know, but I talk very generally, but we, we have other ways of doing it. Well, Sam, um, are there any, any tools to help growers with all of this? 
Yeah, so as Andrew is saying, that we've got a couple of approaches now to control, control vine weevil, um, but we've tried to simplify how we approach these IPM plans on, on nurseries. Uh, one, one thing I don't think we've mentioned yet, we've, with pitcher and nematodes, both of them can't be used together. Uh, pitcher is a nematocyte, so it will kill the nematodes. So understanding exactly when to apply that product uh, you know, for the egg stages, and that's where the regular monitoring, as Andrew mentioned, comes in, um, and then following up with the nematode application for those those eggs that are surviving into the larval stage, um, it's really crucial. Uh, and to help simplify that on the nurseries for growers as well, so they can go, right, what weeks am I applying this? We've developed a plant health planner, which I'm sure I've mentioned on previous podcasts, but I'll mention it again. Um, it's an online tool, so it just really helps uh, it, you know, build this robust IPM plan, really simplifies it. We work with growers on their nurseries and look at what they're currently doing as well. We build all those products into the, to this IPM plan. It's mobile friendly, it's tablet friendly. So if you're walking on the nursery and you, you might start to see vine weevil issues, you might start to see some notches on the leaves of a susceptible crop. You could look on, on your tablet or your phone. It, it will tell you, right, I'm due to apply pitcher or nematodes. Um, and it will give you the, the timings apart for them as well. So it's a really useful tool. And it's something we're also continually developing. We can add in other products now. Uh, so it, we've limited it initially to just ICL products, but we do have the flexibility to add in other products now. We're looking at adding in spray programs in there as well. So and keeping your spray record sheets in there. Uh, so it's, it's something that's continually evolving. And I see it as really, you know, bringing a bit of technology into the industry, uh, which I think is well overdue, uh, to be honest. And yeah, it's these kind of things which are just going to make this integrated, you know, approach of control uh, much more simple. Right. So, Sam, just to round up, to conclude, what, what are your final thoughts? What are the uh, takeaways from all of this? Yeah, so it's understanding what is the most susceptible things on the nursery you know, what crops are you likely to see vine weevil there? You know, things like heucras, if you're growing heucras, laurels or strawberry growers, it's something to really keep an eye on. Uh, you can monitor quite, quite easily. You can, there's a, lot, a tremendous amount of resource out there, which tells you when they're seeing vine weevil up and down the country, you can look at temperature. We've got data loggers as well, which we can use to predict uh, emergence uh, and really just keeping a really close eye on these uh, these plants. Not normally what you see on a nursery is vine weevil are localized to a preferred crop. So, so they absolutely love privets, for example. Uh, it would keep an eye on those, but they will migrate to other plants. But if you can localize that infestation and treat that, that area um, before it, the population explodes, that's going to be a real important step to keeping this pest under control. Brilliant. And uh, Andrew, any last thoughts from you? Yeah, is what I would say about vine weevil is don't ignore it um, monitor it carefully and any applications you make you know do them in a timely manner and, and efficiently use the plant health planner to help help you plan your future applications and also ordering your nematodes in good time because obviously these things need to be bred for orders so they don't just appear from from nowhere um, and you know when it gets into vine weevil season and there's lots of larvae about there's huge demand for these products so so plan well Great, great advice there, Andrew and Sam. So thanks very much to Sam Rivers and to Andrew Wilson from ICL. I'm Matthew Appleby, Horticulture Week editor. 
And this is the Horticulture Week podcast. Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe to or follow Horticulture Week podcasts via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. Once again, thanks to Sam and Andrew from ICL, and goodbye till next time. 